0: I'm so excited that we got to this fucking episode it's been so long since we've had like a bedrock episode of this show yeah like one of those like really like like show defining episodes and that we come back to and i think that this is just like there's so much meat here like i just want to talk about
1: all there's a lot to talk about <laughs> know, in this episode um do you just want to get right into yes it? yes please. all right tell me about it
0: tell me about it
1: we got. to start off. We didn't do any intro or anything. Alright. Rewind.
0: When the spawn meets world. When the spawn meets world. What up, bruh?
1: And welcome to Bruh Meets World.
0: When this bruh meets world
1: Your Boy Meets World fan show, episode 58.
0: I'm Siege. And I'm T C. <laughs>
1: Um, we already talked about this a lot, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, just going to jump right into the... Tell me about it! This is episode 12 of season 3. Don't know why I said it that way. Mm. The grass is always greener. Ain't it, though. Feeling uncomfortably domesticated, Corey forsakes a date with Topanga for a boys' night out at another school's party, and is mistaken for Sean, An error he fails to correct when he sees how popular it makes him. However, Corey is surprised to find out he's not the only one that's pretending to be someone else.
0: Okay, so I don't know if you remember this, but a few episodes ago, I was talking about, like, um... Corey was saying how, um, oh, I'm gonna get to Panga and we're gonna go to like Pottery Barn and like make I was, jams or make something like jams that. jams, and I was talking about this trope that they use with Corey and Topanga, where they make them seem like a much older couple than they were. Yeah. And I can't tell you just like how excited I am that that's something that was explored, something that was diving into, diving into the fact that this show begins with, um, this episode begins with. Corey sleeping on the couch while Amy (laughs) and Topango watch a chick flick. Which I thought was really cool because we don't see... Again, these are two female characters that we just honestly don't see hang out a lot. Great, yeah. I have no problem with that. The thing was is that the Super Bowl was on. And upstairs, Alan and Eric were watching that. And there was nothing that Topango was said that, like, she was like, hey, if you want to go upstairs and watch the game, it's fine. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like Corey has muted himself for Topanga without him asking her. And that is something that's been very apparent throughout their relationship we've seen from them so far.
1: A a few things. One, I just want to note, if you think for one second that uh, Alan and Eric and Corey would let Amy and Topanga watch the Super Bowl in the living room while they watch it, in the bedroom, unless Alan and Amy have a big screen in that bedroom, that ain't happening.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it, it, I, I noticed that too, and I was like, "Why aren't they at Chubbies? Like, that's where they're yeah, watching the Super Bowl." Episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Um, but then also,
1: you're right. There's this idea that is explored in this episode that
0: Cory's the one who they were like
1: feeling um, uncomfortably domesticated.
0: Corey domesticated himself. He's the one who got like Couples Magazine. He's the one who's been doing all of that, like. You know, uh, you know, I'm excited to go get slacks. You know, all that shit. But I think he's been modeling
1: his parents.
0: Yes, 100%. This is a great example of someone trying to mimic love that they've seen without understanding what love actually is. Absolutely.
1: Um, so
0: that's how our first thoughts are.
1: Let's do this roll call yes, so we please. can uh, really dive into it. So, um, oh God, didn't even get into the B storyline, which is... Eric and the poker game.
0: Uh, Another B storyline of Eric playing a random non-athletic sport. But and, I think this is interesting because it brings up a lot of things, just with this
1: Dr. Sorrell character. Yeah. Who we saw earlier, he's a chemistry teacher. He's back
0: again and he's he, not a doctor. Or <laughs> I know I think he's not No, a, at the end, remember Feeney's like oh, yeah, you're not yeah. a doctor. yeah.
1: I think it's that whole thing where it goes back to like he has his PhD mm. and, and that's why he's considered Dr. Sorrell. But I also feel like it's um that common joke in the nineties where like they have it on um, Friends, where Ross is like, it's actually Doctor Geller. Yeah. It's like no one cares about your PhD. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the joke. But anyway, he admits to taking bribes. Um, he Dude, he about? admits to taking bribes, and he, he then um, goes and quits his job and is like, "Hey, Eric, want
0: to go with me to Atlantic City?" Um, so there's that whole thing. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I really gotta see if I wrote anything about this Eric storyline, because there was one thing. Um, Eric goes back to school to get his books. I, well, I yeah, so to... like.
1: So, what happens is, and just to kind of, so sorry, but to kind of dive into the Beast storyline, what happens is we see every teacher that we've met so far come to Eric, and they've all given Eric extensions on their projects. Yes. Feeny, this Dr. Sorrell. Eli, and Jonathan all go to Eric and they're like, hey, dude, you're not going to graduate if I don't get the things that I need from you. And Which is, again, it's... really important considering everything that we've known about Eric so far. No,
0: but the reason why that's shit is because like, l- like we've seen Eric go to Finn. like, hey, what can I do to help me get into college? Like, I'm actively seeking out help to do better at school. But last week, eric didn't know he was in johnson's class that's what i mean like they can't decide if this dude is serious about college or not
1: i i think it's the classic um some episodes were shown out of order
0: possibly maybe
1: um but also i just will say in the last few episodes there has been an arc of eric being the old eric of being preoccupied with women of having fun, and of not really focusing on school the way that we thought he would
0: uh, at the beginning of the season. Well, we do learn he has a learning disability in this episode. He's kind
1: of like Rain Man.
0: Um, no, dude, this is, <laughs> this is the lazy shit I'm talking about, because we already had an episode where Sean said that he was an idiot savant, because that's how he could speak French without understanding. But, anything. I mean, I think you
1: and I both know that, especially in later uh, episodes and later seasons... Eric is an idiot savant like that's something that they they maybe move away from with uh, Sean, but these are two things where, like, the two of them, especially at this point in time, they're in the
0: same boat as this lovable idiot. I feel like idiot savants in that same boat of, like, amnesia, and, and that <laughs> it's a, a trope that television shows would lean on without truly understanding like what an idiot works. savant yeah. is. Yeah, 100%. Because it's not something that one episode of character can just be like, oh yeah, I have learning disability and then it's just like, we're not gonna really... You don't think there are elements of I think Eric... they did it for a joke. I that's my thing is that they use the learning disability as a joke.
1: But like didn't we earlier see when Eric was doing this whole uh brain study thing where they're like there's nothing going on here and it's just like
0: we've kind of always seen something Oh my god. So you're saying that Eric actually is an idiot savant that it's not just for the joke because Of the fact that he seems to be perceptibly dumb, yet seems to also excel in certain ways.
1: Absolutely. I mean, what I'm saying is, even the way they play it off with him, Eric doesn't, when he's playing cards, Eric doesn't know that he's counting cards. Eric's just counting cards, because to him, that's how you play the game. When he drops the
0: pretzels or whatever, he's like, oh, it's only 527 pretzels. No, 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 <laughs> no. Then why can't he pass a single test? Why well, he can't, can't well, he even wait, do wait, better
1: math? Wait, that's because Eric, here's the thing, and we even explored this at the end of last season, Eric, the pressure and the stress that comes with test taking is completely different with how Eric's mind operates. Eric is, con- remember, let's even no, take, no, I let's don't take disagree. a future, let's take a future episode when Eric is in the museum with Alan and he's looking at the man with two coconuts. Yes, yes, yes. And Same he reads into it perfectly and Alan's like, huh, I didn't see that. But, and then they show you later that like, that's actually what it was going on. I think, and even later on when we see Eric as a, I think he's um in Girl Meets World, he's a politician or whatever. Eric is someone who just does not learn in the way that he's supposed to. He is a teenager who has different interests. um, And school does not work for him. And so he almost always writes it off. But Eric is smart. He is perceptive. And he is someone who
0: has talent outside of school. You know what, that my I you know, I don't disagree with any of that. I just wish that this show would lean into this whole, we need to teach these kids in different new ways in order for them to learn things. I agree, and I think that now we there would be a whole story arc about yeah. how Eric
1: doesn't work conventionally, and, or that maybe even Eric has dyslexia, and we don't know. Eddie
0: it. Winslow had dyslexia, I believe, so... I'm just it, saying, yeah. it's, it's something that
1: we learn later on uh, sorry, in later seasons, they do a lot of Eric being this idiot savant. Yeah. And I think that these are the areas where it's like, they're showing us that Eric's a different type of intelligent. And the only people who really pick up on it are people who want to take advantage of him.
0: Hmm. Interesting. That, I just I just I I do think that that is something to Sure, say. sure, sure. Do you have anything else to say about this B storyline? I just wanted to point out yeah, that yeah, Dr. Yeah. Sorrell was no, like completely... He quit his... his job so that he could go to Atlantic City with an idiot savant. Like, guys, I mean... <laughs> but then also, I do like the idea of all of the teachers that we've come to meet
1: so far go to Eric, and they're like, Hey, man, you're not doing any of your work. And I only say that because I know that this season eric struggles with education and it's kind of all it's like this continual thread where the main storyline here isn't hey eric study yeah. it's what is eric doing besides studying yeah. and even feeney kind of participates in it because he's like all right let me play one game and once i lose i can go back to study and feeney they all look to feeney and feeney's like yeah sure why not but it just keeps going, and at no point in time is Feeney even like, all
0: right, you know, you've had enough, go in, study. In fact, he probably studies way less than he would have had Feeney just dismissed him from begin with, because he wouldn't have spent the whole night playing poker.
1: Exactly. So uh, I do think it was really important to bring that up. Sure, sure. But we can go back to the main storyline, which yes. I know is what you came for. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, so just two other minor characters before we get to our big main character. Um on roll call there's eric egan who is brent and uh which is the the guy at the party yeah and then there's marissa viador who plays tara okay uh which is girl at party and then we once get... again
0: yeah mia savari yeah exactly it's the second time she plays the uh, New York cousin that Sean goes on the date That's with.
1: right. So she plays two different characters. Yep.
0: I was like, I have just seen you recently. But she's in everything in the
1: 90s. Yeah, so... And she plays Hillary, the girl yes. who goes to the other
0: school. Yes.
1: Uh, I think it's Hamilton High.
0: Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> well, it's Philadelphia. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, so where do you want to start with this? Um. Uh... I think we should start with
1: um, we started off a little bit of the domestication. The domestication. Because
0: Corey mentions that him and Topanga, you know, they go to the mall together. This was actually funny. I wrote this down. Corey's saying how he went to the mall with Topanga after spending the weekend like doing stuff with their parents or something. And um, the audience loses it, as if it's, like, this really sexy thing that they are yeah. alone at the mall together. Again, like... I
1: said last time, they're getting out of control with these woos. Yeah, because the <laughs> mall
0: is basic as fuck for a, a, a high school relationship. Exactly. So I don't know what that was about. Um, but it just shows that, like, Corey is, like, trying to pretend like all of this stuff makes him happy when it's clear that he is way more interested in what Sean is doing. He he's almost is, like... Desperately, I
1: need to live through you. Yes. And so there are a few things that I wanted to bring up with this. One, I think it's interesting that uh, Sean considers himself an expert on love. And, again, it's very interesting that... Well, he's
0: no uh, rocket Scientologist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting that this is what Sean considers himself good at. Yes, women. Especially considering later on in the season. Yes. Um, so... Again, I just think that this is very interesting that this is, he's like, hey, what am I good at? And Corey's confused. But also, it's like, no, I, I know women and
0: I know love. Um, Which is so weird because if Sean thinks that he knows what love is and he's the one providing Corey with adv- advice. I know, this is my
1: point. But I will say one thing that Sean gets right is that Corey needs to be himself more. And ironically the only way he can get Corey to be himself is for Corey to be sean yes and it's really real like even when they're at the party he keeps saying they think i'm you like i'm doing all your like everything is in Corey's mind filtered through sean and it's because he's sean that he is uh being reacted to but sean even says i don't do anything i'm just myself and when you're yourself people like you as well
0: my my problem with just this whole switch him up which i i think narratively works really well um but the archetype of just this like suave ladies man that like women literally fallen over from just the name is not something that sean experiences at john adams
1: well it's not at john adams but think about it i thought about this
0: sean's reputation precedes
1: him at hamilton high and it would not do him any good At John Adams. Why? Because at John Adams, everyone there is like, oh, I'm just another girl to you. But from Hamilton High, everyone hears about this guy who has dated everyone. And that sounds intriguing. He's a mystery. Sean's
0: realistic in John Adams. But at Hamilton, he's a legend. It's funny that sean's looks play no part in the attention that he gets that it's all reputation that's literally just him not wearing a jacket and like people not knowing it's him he doesn't get i just thought that was a very interesting thing
1: well i think what you're diving into is that especially as the show is setting it up it's how people perceive you it's not necessarily who you really are you yeah. know what i mean And, like, you can be anyone when you're in a new place. Uh, Again, I don't think that that's the lesson of this episode. I think that what it's showing is they, because of the reputation of Sean and who that is, when Corey is mistaken for Sean, anything he does is immediately cool. And Sean understands that. Sean understands that he's not doing anything to be cool. It's not his looks. It's... It's, yeah, it's, it's just his carefree attitude. Sure. That is what's really propelling him.
0: I, I you know what? I was just kind of Googling this because I was curious. This whole idea of Sean, uh, Corey going to a party dressed as someone else and his girlfriend going to the party dressed as someone else. I felt Shakespearean. I was like, where is this? Oh, that's it? It is. Yeah. I I was like, where, what is this? Like I recognize this trope. Is that
1: a midsummer?
0: That's what I was thinking. But like, I don't really know enough about it to know for sure. Um, There's nothing about it online of it being some kind of like a
1: It's definitely a trope of like mistaken idea. This is one that happens a very a lot yeah um and again it is supposed to be it's almost always supposed to be a reflection of um who you wanted to be the entire time yeah you know what i mean like there's a whole moment of at some point in time you stopped pretending and you just were yeah and even like again kind of like the advice that sean gives it's like relax and be myself (laughs) you know it's just like a just just drop all the
0: trying and while you, once you will be, they will be. Once you stop, a girl will come up, ask you to dance. You will then perform dancing <laughs> that is filled with so much... Oh, my God. ...caucasity <laughs> that it will make people feel uncomfortable who watch it on TV. Watching Ben Savage dance was very, very uncomfortable. Absolutely. But he did have three ladies around him. And with those moves, there's no way that's... That bad. <laughs> but again, reputation.
1: And I will say that this reminds me of... I, I doubt you have ever done this, but I will confess and be like, there definitely have definitely been times where you hook up with someone or you trying to be with someone because you're like, oh, their reputation or that they're hot and you're like, yeah, this will be great. And then... Afterwards, you're like, that was not worth my time. Sure. At all, in the slightest. But <laughs> because I now am part of the experience, I'm also now part of the lie. And it's not that, like, if I were to be honest with myself, I would be like, that wasn't anything special. Yeah. But if anyone asks, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to be, I got to dance with Sean Hunter.
0: You sure, know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah, so it's yeah.
1: like, it's part of being able to be part of the tale and less about who sean hunter really is because i have a feeling that those girls that evening they were like oh, weren't you dancing with sean hunter? It's like yeah yeah and to be someone who sean hunter finds attractive again sean hunter has this reputation it's enough in it to just be in that circle sure and part of the part of the haves I guess, so to speak, am I making sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I and
1: that's what I—that's how I saw this whole thing going down. I saw all the girls at this school really leaning into Corey again, not because Corey's overly attractive or any or smooth. It's not like he becomes Stefan Arkel. Sure, he's sure, still sure. Corey. He's still dorky, but it's seen as endearing because people refuse to be wrong, and you need you need things to live up to their hype. Yeah. Especially in the moment. So you're going to tell yourself, it was probably a letdown, but as far as everyone else is concerned, I got to dance with Sean
0: Hunter. Well, when you really think about uh, the role that expectation plays is, plays in relationships, you could almost say that the reason why, according to Panga, end their relationship at the end of this episode is because they want to explore the things that they're told they should be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Um, so let's
1: even talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the fact that Sean is like, lied to Topanga, tell her you're just going to have a boys' night. Which, honestly, it's not really a lie. If you're just like, hey, I'm going to go somewhere with Sean.
0: Yeah. It's just
1: what you can do. And he's like, no, I can't cancel. And Topanga is the one who comes up to him and is like, hey, my girls want to hang out tonight. Do you mind if I do that instead? And get, there's this, of course, manipulation that yeah, Corey yeah. tries to do. And he's just like, oh, I guess, yeah, if you're going to do that, I'll like, as if he didn't have plans with. I think the problem is the secrecy that they have.
0: The fact that they didn't feel they could tell each other they wanted to have a night apart, the fact that they couldn't be honest about what was happening, the fact that their relationship was getting so boring that like this was something that they were willing to risk their relationship for, it's all very revealing.
1: It's very revealing, but it's also very typical. And I think for me... I was upset watching it because it's like, you both want the same things. You both came to the same party. You both like, you both pretended to be other people. So what you're saying is, hey, you and I are on the exact same page. We both don't like what we were doing together. We both wanted to be someone else and be a little bit more risky. So why not just be like, hey, why don't we include this in our relationship? Pam, I
0: wrote the same thing. I was like, <laughs> they don't need a break. They need to have a conversation. Like, they need to work on communication skills. Because clearly, neither of them are happy with the way things were. are. But they both want the same things, like you said. So Exactly.
1: I, I wrote, the feeling of curiosity and being in a rut is very common.
0: They both
1: missed the excitement. So they, like... It's hard to express that. And yes. I will say... At that age, I can understand, even like, as you said, I feel like they feel trapped in expectations. Yeah. They're like, for Corey, for example, if you're in a loving relationship, this is what you do. Sure. And for Topanga, who, as far as we know, she's never really had a boyfriend before, Corey. For her, she's like, if this is what Corey wants to do and I love Corey, then this is, I guess, what we're doing as a couple. But they're both... Like, I don't, it's that gift of the Magi thing.
0: It's like, I'm doing this for you. It's like, no, I was doing this for you. And it's like, no, neither of you wanted that. (laughs) You know what's really interesting is that they break up because of their, like, uh, their rush to domesticate. Yet when they get back together, they domesticate so easily to the point where it becomes like a joke in the show. And it seems like they lean into the thing that broke them up the first time, which is very whatever. So I'm not going to comment on that too much now. But here's a question for you. Uh What if Corey didn't go to this dance? What if Sean went to this dance and saw that Topanga was the French girl and he had to decide? I mean, obviously he would tell Corey. He wouldn't hesitate to tell Corey. But just like for that to just be a thing, like would that have been interesting at all? Obviously, it's a completely different episode. But I I just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
1: Well, I think what's interesting is, to me, the idea that there's this French girl here. Which, again, as an avid TV watcher, you already understand what's going on.
0: But the fact that when... France is the gateway to St. Louis.
1: (laughs) But when she turns (laughs) around and it's Topanga, I have to admit, there is like a moment of like, oh, you are caught. Yeah. And there is no escape. And she's... It's not like she's just a French girl. He's like, hey, do you want to dance? And she's like, yeah. You know, like, she's about it. She's about being with someone else. And... What's interesting about that moment is Corey immediately is hypocritical. Yes, immediately mad at her for doing the same He's thing. He's mad at her. He's like, oh, so you just had to pretend to be someone else? You want to explain
0: to me what you're doing here in English, please? Me and my girlfriends thought it would be fun to come to another school party. Yeah, and pretend to be other people. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with being you, Topanga? Nothing. Being friends, I don't know. It seemed exciting. Yeah, well, it takes a pretty insecure person to pretend to be other people.
1: Sean <laughs> and you. Sean. Topanga's like, oh, so you're, and it's, it becomes this blame game. Yeah, of course. you know what I mean. And I think that what you're saying about Topanga—if she had just went and Corey wasn't there and Sean was—I think that. In reality, we needed to be asking the questions, why did you feel the need to come
0: here? I think it would have forced the conversation. I think it it wouldn't have led to a breakup. It would have led to a conversation where they would have grown and gotten better from it. Because she would have felt obligated to talk to Corey before Sean did.
1: Exactly. But I think that this episode shows, and it's true in teenage years, but also as adults, so many people would prefer to be angry than to discuss how they feel the exact same way.
0: Sure. Um, I thought the conversation that Corey and Topanga, I remember this from when it first aired, um, when they, the conversation they have outside the dance is one of my earliest memories of the show. And I remember being very uncomfortable watching it with my mom because even at that young age, I was so heavily invested into Corey and Topanga's relationship that I didn't want her to see me reacting emotional to their breakup. <laughs> that's so like, oh, that's kind of cute. That's it's really, really cute. Um, Um, Something else that I just want to mention, just while we're on, like, the dance, before we get too into, like, the Cory Topanga, how they finish out, um, one thing is that uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is when TGIF has a dance scene because uh, ABC never gives them money for copyright music, so there's always just just a generic porn elevator music playing in the background, Um, and one other thing that also became extremely evident to me was that I figured out Eric, and Sean on this show. So I thought that Eric and Sean were just taking turns wearing the Joey Tribbiani hat, the sitcom dumb, the I'm just going to say dumb things for jokes purposes. But what I realized when we met um, kid, what's his name? Brent? Brent. When I realized when I met Brent, when he was as dumb, like when Topanga spoke and he's like, I understand French, I realized something that this show is doing. They are trying to show us that all kids are dumb. They're they're being extreme with it, but it's their way of reminding us that these kids are not in a position to be making uh, smart or great choices, which often leads to their educational experiences. So when you understand that whenever you see Sean or Eric saying something that's so over the top dumb, it's more so them commenting on uh, on, on youth and the maturity more than they are the actual intellect of those characters. I know. That's a no, big no, no, no. sandwich to chew. No, check, no,
1: no. But... I, I would say that I agree with you, which is why, A, the conversations that we had earlier about Eric, I would tie into that. Okay. And then, B, uh, something that I was going to say is a lot of the funny scenes in, in this are, like, even, like, there's this moment where Corey and Topanga are arguing, mm-hmm. and um they say something. I can't remember who, but one of them says something along the lines of, um, well, we're not other people. It's like, well, this is what other people do. And it's like, well, we're not other people. And it's like, at that moment, they're both dressed, dressed as other people. And it for me, Great it, moment. it goes right back to what you were saying of like this maturity level of like not being able to see what's right in front of you. Yes. Um. Uh, and like, so for the guy not being able to see that Topanga doesn't know French it, and your mind doesn't now understand French. She was lying. Yes. And... For them to not understand that you were lit you literally became other people <laughs> in yes. this evening and you have the the ignorance to say a statement such as, Well, other people don't apply to us. We're not yeah. we're not like other people.
0: Um, I just uh wanna give this show a lot of credit because I feel like what they do with Tapanda and Corey's relationship um, at this point of the show, when, like, they could have been the cover of Teen Beat. Like, they could have really um, milked this a lot more and done something different with it. They chose to add such a adult, complicated issue into a relationship where it's- So heavy. Like, like, Kelly and Zach never suffered from, oh, I'm not living my true self when I'm with you. Like, that's such a complicated relationship thing. And for them to tackle with teenagers and- um, I want to talk about this more later, but Topanga saying maybe the people who hate each other are the people who wait too long to break up. Bruh, that shit won the episode for me because I was just like, wow, they are doing some deep shit with children. Absolutely. And I think, honestly, I think
1: that this episode is an example, but their Mark Jacobs' willingness, Michael Jacobs' willingness to go there with these children Children, is what makes Cory and Topanga such a iconic yeah. story, because um I looked at it um a lot of like nineties lists or you know like do you remember something and Cory and Topanga relationship is like on every one of those lists. It's one of the most iconic for someone of our generation, and I think it's because they handled something like this. What you never really see on TV, you don't see at least, especially in the '90s. You didn't. You saw relationships break up, and you saw people have affairs
0: and all that. You saw was, these it, like the drama and the soapiness. Yes. There was two ways a relationship ended. It was really trivial, like on Saved by the Bell or something like that, or it was Beverly Hills 90210, over the top, dramatic. So and so did something that was so extreme. Cory and Topanga is so relatable across the boards to literally anyone. Yeah, they like no.
1: No one officially cheated. No. You both, but you both were in the wrong. And you both were in very murky territory. And you
0: both did so at the expense of the other person thinking that you were just out. And we both came to the mature decision that as friends, we should end this relationship before it gets to a point where we can no longer remain friends. I feel like I still care about you as much as I always have. You know, and that will never change. Are we breaking up? I, I don't want to break up.
1: Because when people break up, they always end up hating each other.
0: Well, we're not other people, Dvanga. I say we are, but, but we could never hate each other, no matter who we are, right? We are breaking up, aren't we? No. No, we're not. We're never going to break up. Or maybe the people who end up hating each other are the people who waited too long to break up. Jesus, tap dancing Christ, bro. What a fantastic way to end this episode. I don't know, man.
1: I mean, Topanga is emotionally more mature. Yeah. And I, I don't even feel like it's like the child savant type thing. I think it's literally, we we have always seen Topanga as someone who was raised to think of things with an emotional intelligence. Yeah. And I could see her honestly coming to this conclusion and being like, I think the real issue
0: here is not knowing when to let go. Um, yeah. Y- I kind of wish that the show leaves them broken up a, lo- a little bit longer than it does. Just because I, I, this is an episode and this is a moment that I respect so highly in the show that um, I, I just wish they would let uh, it play out a little bit. Like, high school's that thing. Sometimes you're dating someone for a little bit and sometimes you don't talk to them for, uh, you know, a few months. And like, I love where we go yeah. from here. Yeah, you know what? That is true. I feel like, again, I feel like this episode kind of steers the ship a little bit closer to what we know of Boy Meets World to be. And you're right. This uh, this this play between Corey and Topanga is something that's unique for children's television.
1: Well, also, um, we had talked about this earlier, but this breakup is very telling considering you what you've been saying, I think, all of this season so far, which is that we also see Corey as someone who there are moments where the show kind of forgets he's with Topanga or she yes. kind of forgets he's with Topanga and they're not the established couple that we know them as. This is in the, in that world and in this timeline, it's a new relationship. And what's that like for a teenage boy to be tied down when he's meeting all of these girls and he doesn't always live up to the expectations we have of Corey. And I yeah. think one thing that everyone keeps thinking and saying is that Corey's a good guy. So he's constantly trying to live up to that expectation, sure, but sure. the desires are still there. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago when he got kissed that, you know, he was like, "Oh, yeah, I-, I have a girlfriend, but you're still at the party, dude. Yeah. um, last week, as you were saying, there was like the snow bunnies. and like there's just there is this desire for him to be out and be young and be free. And that's shared and that's brought up. They, they're both like, look, we're young and we're in high school and maybe we should just be out here doing things. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying that the show has led us here. It's not like it just came out of nowhere. Very much like the Eric and his education thing, there have been threads of them constantly telling us, he's in a relationship, but is he in it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, I think, and I think all of this is just done so, so well. Um, I don't really have anything else to comment, but other than just, again, applaud this episode for being so just fucking well-written. The last thing I wanted
1: to say is the ending where you know Topanga comes back yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. Corey, and she leaves, and then Corey comes back and maybe we shouldn't, and then he realizes that she's not there. It's a perfect scene to show that timing is everything and i think that goes for more than just that scene it goes for Mm-mm. relationships you know it's like Mm-mm. not at this time they just missed each other even though they both have the same intentions they weren't on the same page
0: bro this episode is so damn yeah. good between that, <laughs> between the you know, the other people looking down, seeing each other in different clothing thing. Like, there's so many moments of this episode where they're mirroring storylines, they're mirroring characters' developments in a way that I'm just like, keep this going, Boy Meets World. Like this is the show I wanna see. And um
1: a little bit else I want to there is a pride that Sean has um in seeing Corey be his true self.
0: Yes. And I think that that's notable, too. I think that's healthy of a friend to want another person to be healthy. When they could recognize that, like, hey, you're not being your true self. I know you're saying you're happy. What's going on? Is everything okay with you and Topanga? He asks them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, just I'm thinking of the scenes of, like, Rider Strong and how he plays it. And it's, again, there's no malice towards Topanga. But he cares about Corey. And for him to take that back seat, he's in like a brand new school and he could very easily just go around picking up any other girl. Like he's still Sean, but instead he literally takes a back seat and allows Corey this night to kind of explore these feelings that Corey has hidden from himself.
0: Can I also just like take a moment to like, um, talk about the performances that everyone gives sean Corey topanga yeah the three of them child actors yeah. are giving like such great performances that i'm forgetting i'm watching a show like i'm just uh there's a there's a word called versillamitude which is, uh, talks about how when you get sucked into a story and you kind of forget about the world around you. I'm in it with this episode, and I think it has to do more so with the performances of these kids. Yeah,
1: like I said, it's crazy because like in my mind, I know that Topanga is yeah. the French girl, but the moment she turned around, I like gasped. You know what I mean? It's just like there's just there is an emotion in that moment, and when they both see each other and you understand the betrayal that they both have inside, and
0: yeah. Definitely,
1: I I disagree with you.
0: Um, any bra moment? Um, I I my bra moment was the uh, the Eric and the science teacher thing.
1: Yeah, mine that was mine too. Yes. Doctor Sorrell quitting his job and first of all admitting to taking bribes. Second of all, uh Quinn his job to go to Atlanta City
0: with And her. man up and on Feeney too, like. <laughs> yeah!
1: <laughs> so, so crazy. Um, How about a Feeney taught me? What is the lesson of this episode?
0: Dude, I, I mean Topanga nails it on the head, like let's end this before we stop being friends anymore, like what if we wait what if people end up hating each other, people who waited too long to break up, is a, amazing that dude, we could, I could listen to a whole podcast about that, like this is such a mature uh, lesson, and I'm just this is it, man. This is a great. Yeah. I I, I, oh my, I like it's it's weird because like some of the episodes that frustrate me the most are the ones I have the most to say about. But this one, I'm literally just like, like wow, this is why I love this show. Absolutely, yeah.
1: I think my only thing is I kind of said it earlier, and it's not explicitly said in this episode, but I think a lesson that could be taken away from this episode is what's not being said, the, the, um, communication aspect, you know what I mean? It's just like, they want the exact same things, but they both don't have the words for it. And they both instead choose to just kind of do it on their own. Yeah. yeah. And that's what creates this tension and this, this moment of betrayal. So, Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, not up and talk to your partner. Absolutely. I guess that's, that's my thing.
0: Okay, so what grade are you giving us? I'm giving this episode an A. Yes. Um, it would have had an A+, but I thought the B storyline uh, took away from it too much. So, But I'm just going to give it a solid A episode. This is, you know, uh, we uh, I've mentioned it a few times, like, if we were to make the greatest hits of Boy Meets World, this episode would be included in that in that series. Absolutely.
1: Uh, also giving it an A. I think it does everything, not everything, but it does a lot of things perfectly. And... um this is definitely when you walk away from remembering. Sure, sure. Right. Um, also, I will say, for me, it didn't get an A-plus because of the montage at the end. I mean, oh it's emotional. Oh my god, but Dude, it is... that
0: shit is cheesy as... And you know what else? It just kind of reminded me, like... Like, we were so early in their relationship. I was like, it is
1: season three. Yeah, they, they didn't just start dating started dating until... like Three months ago. And yet there's... All I've this history. You. <laughs> I don't know, but I think I think taking that relationship
0: I love you and that's all I know.
1: I think taking that relationship and making it so serious is one of the reasons why we love this show. It's like as a teenager, that is that is a huge relationship. yeah, and it's just as epic as Ross and Rachel. And I think for us, As teenagers, we really connected with it. So, I think that's what makes this episode
0: amazing. Okay.
1: Homework. Homework.
0: Um, well, I'm still in my horror movie kick, so one movie I'm going to recommend, but I'm not going to talk about too much because I hope it will be a future episode of Movie Makeover, Yes, is I would really like to encourage everyone to revisit Tales from the Hood this Uh, Halloween season. Are you serious? Tales from the Hood was one of those movies that as a kid, I kind of thought of as like a really cheap B-movie movie but revisiting it, this movie is so, like, socially woke in ways that I didn't expect it to be. Hmm. And it's it's like, um if, if you told me that, like, hey, Jordan Peele is going to do Tales from the Hood, like, I'm like, I can see that happen. <laughs> and that was just one of those things I wasn't expecting. And I know Tales from the Hood is not something that maybe a lot of the traditional Boy Meets World audience is very familiar with. Um, but it's, 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 it's what it sounds like. It's a black tales from the crypt. And, um, but again, explore social issues in a really interesting way. So, um, I would just encourage people to, um, to watch that. All right. Thanks. Um,
1: my, um... My homework is what I was watching when you came in, Uh, a show called Adam Ruins Everything. Okay. I don't think I've done this before. Uh, If I have, I apologize, and you should just watch the latest season. And if I have not, watch the latest season, uh, which is Adam Ruins Everything. It's just, like, a very fun, um, fact, uh, information-forward show. Um, The premise is that they'll pick a subject like diamonds or the car industry or drugs and this basically um, it's kind of like mythbusters but for all of the uh, I'll say common knowledge or like assumptions that we have on a topic yeah so there are plenty of things where it's like um what was one that they did not too long ago oh um in their drug episode they talk about how the dare program uh, was not successful at all and what it really did was introduce a lot of kids, two drugs um and they basically just do a lot of the things like that where they're like you well we think this or like we think that um alcohol is good for you because all these studies come out and they're like oh having glass uh one glass a day is actually good for your health they're like yeah but when you actually look at those studies and you remove the other factors no it's not and so it's just basically i think myth busters but for um common knowledge is it's, the best way to describe it's it. It's so
0: frustrating growing up having, like, had a childhood in the 90s and figuring out that, like, everything that people try to do to make the world better completely backfired. Like, yeah. hey, three strikes. That sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. Abstinence only. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Respect. I mean, dare. Like, all that shit. Like, it was all just so... Well, I think what's interesting
1: about all of those things, and this is a completely other podcast, but uh, you're right. All of those things had negative effects. But I think the issue is all of those things didn't uh, address the problem. The root issues. Yeah. yeah, what it did was it's like, oh, crime's on the rise. Well, instead of trying to fix all of the things that are... Uh, endorsing crime or, like, making crime more of a a route that people choose, how about we just put anyone who breaks, uh, the law in jail after three times? Like, if you do it three times uh, instead of really addressing the reason why, uh, teenagers go to drugs or why, um, Mental health, like all that shit. Yeah, yeah, like all of these things. How about instead we just tell them, don't do it? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, abstinence only. That's the only thing that we'll promote. Not safe sex, which is actually the better thing to sure, teach children. For sure. We'll just tell them, don't have any. Because that's realistic. And yeah. children will listen to us when we tell them, don't do this thing. That not only do
0: we do, but once you do do it, you understand,
1: it's amazing.
0: Well, one thing <laughs> I do think that uh, at least the, uh, one of the programs got right is, wow, Our generation really hates cigarettes. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) But But we will jewel up a storm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because we hate cigarettes because we were introduced to the facts. And I think that that's something that... One of the reasons why I love Adam Ruins Everything is because our generation, really contrary to what's going on in the pop culture and the news and everything we really do respond to fact-based uh, arguments yeah um that's why bill nye was so fun for us and um what is it i'm thinking of miss frizzle sure sure uh, Magic Magic school bus. Yeah. we we have a curiosity and we want to learn these things yeah. and we also were just told so many lies as children that we want to learn all the many many ways that those things no longer apply so yep yeah. Check out Adam Ruins Everything. Um, that was a promo. Uh it's on True TV. Um you can find a bunch of clips on YouTube as well. Um, but that is our episode. Ayo, Ayo.
0: Well we, and guys, you know what? I if you guys are with us this long, we wanna appreciate you guys for sticking with us. We wanna appreciate you guys for watching this show and generating interest for Boy Meets World because as this episode proves, it's just such an important show in our childhood and for millennial war
1: absolutely so um reach out to us at bro meets world on all the places email us at bro meets world at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at extra siege that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j uh
0: tony you can find me at the braver me at dot braver me on instagram and remember to dream to try
1: and to do good do
0: good later bros later all right.